0: Warm today. It's warm today. Well, in my car. Not really outside. I just parked in the sun. Oh. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> Jeff in motion, come on tell your friends we're gonna drive back to my house. Jeff in his car with his iPhone. The fun will never end. Jeff in Motion. Hey guys, it's Jeff in Motion. The show where I talk to no one in particular. More, well, some people will call that talking to yourself. For roughly 45 minutes when I drive to and from work. Today is Friday, so you're getting a from work. Um, part, uh, as per a suggestion from Justin Strasser, uh, I'm going to swap when I take the pictures for the cover photos. Uh, he had a very good point that I should take it from my house on Monday because that's where I, or I guess he, I should take it at my house both times when I begin the journey on Monday since it's going to work and when I end the journey on a Friday when I get home. So that's, you will hear me take my photo later towards the end uh what other what other things do we have on the agenda for today oh people were curious as to the fate of Jake the dog um we were, we didn't have enough money in the bank to give him the $300 worth of tests they wanted to um I know that we aren't paying for it but we have to upfront the money which we did not have at the time but he got one x-ray and they kind of gave him some doggy calisthenics uh and filled him up a lot and basically he uh they don't know what's up but it's not a broken bone it's not a tumor uh they think he might have just jumped down from the couch and is old and maybe hurt his leg so that is the verdict with jake the dog so far they gave him some pain pills and anti-inflammatory pills and he is walking around just about as well as he did before we noticed the issue. Um, the pills have a side effect of giving him liquid shit so that's a thing and he doesn't let us know when he has to go to the bathroom so that's another thing so can't say I'm entirely happy that the vet didn't tell us we had to put him down. But, you know, you know. Anyway, that was point 1 on our agenda. Jake, all right. <clears throat> mm, pardon me. Right, Red Light Games. I finally had a couple of people suggest Red Light mm. Games. Um, Justin Strasser, as mentioned earlier, said that I should speak in a funny voice when I'm at a red light. And uh, Michael Carpenter, a frequent guest of the popular Outcast podcast, said that I should compliment myself whenever I get to a red light because I am generally pretty self-deprecating and have a pretty low self-image. Um, so those are some of the red light games I may play if I hit a red light, or I may not if I'm not feeling up to it. Okay. Oh, I asked you guys to name my Tamagotchi the other day. I did get a name from John Smith. It was Mr. Toots, but he died. So, we're, I'm working on raising Mr. Toots 2.0, and we'll see how long until I lose completely lose interest with that application. Uh, like the actual Tamagotchi Virtual Pets... It's looking like about two weeks. About two weeks is as long as it can hold your attention. Um, But fortunately, I paid nothing for it instead of $15 or whatever they were way back in 1996. So that's nice. I can just delete it and forget about it and not have wasted money. All right. Uh, Here is an interesting development. Uh, I'm very proud, or happy, happy is a better word, that I'm actually getting listens. Like, this is great. Um, I knew, I knew that what I had was a decent idea. Um, I didn't know who it was for. I knew that it, I basically saw this as a kind of supplement to the Popular Outcast podcast. But I'm getting, I'm getting a lot of positive feedback, which is awesome. Uh, Also, I found out, when I created the feed for Jeff in Motion, I tagged it as comedy, because if... well, I'm at a red light here, I'll compliment myself. I know I'm funny. I don't really... I haven't spent time refining that. I don't think I'll ever take the time to be a stand-up, because I've got a family to feed, and honestly, I'd have to do stand-up for like 20 years before that would feed my family. So, I'm just going to have to focus on something that's going to work better. But, I do know that'll make people laugh. So, there's that. There's your compliment to myself, Mike my Carpenter. Uh, oh, God. So, yes. First category was comedy. And then, I couldn't... I'm just looking through the... I'm not probably not going to talk about... Uh, like I, I'm not going to talk about video games enough to classify... This podcast is a video game podcast. Uh, So let's look for the vaguest... The vaguest categories I can find. Society and culture. That's pretty vague. I'm going to talk about life and being in society and culture. Awesome. Awesome. I'll put that. Uh, For those of you who don't know, uh, when you make your feed through the PodPress WordPress plugin, uh, you get to pick three feeds. If you run it through a feed burner, you get to pick five. Um, But... We run we run Popular Outcast through both, so we are in five, but as the kind of spin-off or the child podcast in the Popular Outcast Network, uh, really we didn't find any significant benefit running through FeedBurner in addition to PodPress. Uh, we thought it would get us more uh, stat tracking, but as it turns out, it did not, so we were just doing the th- three categories you can be in. So I knew that I would be talking about home, my house, where my family is. So another category that's pretty vague is kids and family. So I'm like, good, good. I've And I, I've already... I talk about potty training and stuff like that. It's fine. Awesome. I'll throw it in there. Not really thinking about it. Um, I obsessively check where if... And where any of our podcasts are on the category lists in iTunes. So, for each, for just podcasts in general, there's a what's hot list, which is podcasts that are pretty established and uh, fairly active. And then there's a new and noteworthy list, and that is podcasts I'm not sure. Um, also, Apple does not release any of the information on how these lists are uh, filled, populated. So, it's very. It's very vague. I know that reviews are very important and downloads and subscribes are also important. Uh, so if you like a podcast, the way you can help them out the most is to write a, a review in iTunes. Uh, as far as... Now, granted, that's as far as helping them with organic, organic growth. And organic growth is people who just find it out of the blue. Someone who isn't told to listen to it by a friend, or sees an ad somewhere, someone who just stumbles on it, and that's what you want, you want to get a high rate of organic growth, you want people to just find it, to just find your podcast, that is like, because once that starts happening, uh, the more it tends to work exponentially, so the more you get, the more organic growth you get, brings on more organic growth, and so on and so forth, uh, until you are internet superstars I'm pretty sure that's how it works and Hollywood calls you up and gives you all of the money. I'm pretty sure that is that is how it works. but back I, I digressed I apologize So I'm checking out our standings and I check in the main list and you know we're usually way down in like the the, the multiple hundreds in either of those lists in the, just the straight podcast. But then when you go down to the specific categories, like comedy, there's a lot of people in comedy. Everybody thinks they're funny. Uh, some people are right. Um, so that and, like, it's awesome because uh, Jeff in Motion and, like, Delusional Loners, we're hitting higher in the new and noteworthy list than popular outcasts ever did. And that is... Partly, I think, because of the fact that we are a network, so all the podcasts are associated with each other. So I think any downloads, any listens, any reviews for one helps the others. Um, this is all speculation, by the way. Um, and also, we are, we're bringing an audience that we didn't have from with Popular Outcast. Popular Outcast, we had to build our audience from scratch. The, other, the new podcasts on the network... We're bringing an audience in. So that is helping us get a lot more downloads and subscribes and reviews in the first few weeks of the podcast existing than a lot of podcasts do that just start out on their own. So I think the highest I've got, we've got, I've seen Jeff in Motion, and I know Jeff in Motion and Delusional Loners are kind of, uh, they're the oldest siblings of the popular outcasts' uh, family and we have it's not a, so much an intense rivalry as I'm watching because our numbers are very close uh, when I checked before I left work uh, Jeff and Motion had hit 357 downloads and Delusional Owners had hit 355 so we are very much neck and neck and we've stayed that way in the comedy charts as well. Uh, I think the highest we've either of us have hit is uh, number 27 in comedy in the New and Noteworthy list. Now these these numbers are just how they're laid out. Um, they're not by amount of downloads. They're I, it, like I said, I've really got no clue how the lists are populated. But it's nice to sit there to see it. they like to like, oh man in the top 25, or in the top 150, that's awesome. So I'm looking through, I was like, oh yeah, I put my podcast in more categories than just comedy, so I checked society and culture, I'm like, oh shit, I'm like number 16, that's really awesome. That's really awesome. Then, then I check kids and family. And something happened that I have never seen, which is when you select a category... You get a little, uh, you get a front page, and it shows like s- uh, seven to twelve podcasts in the what's hot list, and in the what's, or in the what's new or new and noteworthy, worthy and what's hot, right there. And then you can click to see the full list. And right there in the main page for kids and family is the Jeff in Motion logo, and not only is it there, it's the third one. Jeff in Motion was, this is two days ago now, number three on the new and noteworthy list for kids and family. Uh, And you tend to jump around these lists wildly, hour to hour. Like I said, I don't know what kind of algorithm is going on behind it, but it changes dramatically just within the day. And... So I'm like, oh, man, that's crazy. Uh, Every time I've checked, I'm within the top five of kids and family. The last time I looked, I was number two. These poor people who go to kids and family and click on this podcast, uh, if that's how you're listening to this right now, there's not going to be a lot of advice. This is just a guy talking to himself in his car. I'm sure you've probably figured that out by the 15-minute mark. Um, While it's awesome to see, it's really, really funny to me. uh, Most people are going to start with the first episode where I talk, I believe, about abortion, the word retard, and masturbating and farting. So they're going to figure out pretty quickly that it is not a parental advice podcast. So I thought I would share that all with you because it's blowing my mind right now And uh, it's great. It's really awesome. And kind of not appropriate. But I'm not going to change the category because I think that's very funny. Uh, Alright, I hit all the main talking points I wanted to. Now I can just go off on whatever. Um, We had a uh, diehard fan of of the Popular Outcast podcast... Vic Caswell uh, actually messaged me on the F- Jeff in Motion Facebook group, which is at Jeff, or Facebook.com/slash commute with Jeff. Because Jeff in Motion went to some guy's Facebook profile, and uh, I'm guessing that's also the guy that has the at Jeff in Motion on Twitter. Uh, don't harass him. Uh, I just pulled that name out of my ass without actually checking if anyone was using it, so. Let's not bother that guy. He seems nice enough. <laughs> yeah, so if you want to get on the Facebook group and like it, uh, it's, I believe, facebook.com slash Motion. You can also go to jeffinmotion.popularoutcast.com and click on the Facebook uh, tab on the top. That will get you there for sure. I know that. Um, while you're there... If you're thinking about shopping for anything on Amazon.com Go ahead and click the Amazon banner attached to this episode uh, Popular Outcast it now has seven different podcasts The Popular Outcast Network or Popular Outcast Productions Network Which I've abbreviated to Poppin The Poppin has puts out seven different podcasts uh, Each running about an episode a week uh, all completely free and it 's not free to do. Uh, we have to pay for hosting uh, we have to put time into it and we have put a lot of time in it into it uh, that 's actually one of the reasons that I like this podcast so much is because the there isn 't a lot of time that I put into the actual like i don 't edit or anything it's it 's just raw I record it upload it. Boom! That's how it goes. That's how it works. And I like that because it's... uh, A gimmick sounds like a negative word, but it's, it's my hook. It's very raw, it's very real, it's very current. But with the other podcasts, we often record a couple days in advance, up to three or four weeks in advance. So it's tough to hit very current topics. And sometimes they can feel a bit stale. And also, Bill spends the majority of his evenings editing podcasts nowadays because we do, like, we don't record all of our pod- our podcasts. Uh, the Media Junkies and Three the Hard Way, both of the podcasts we brought on that were previously established, have their own system set up, and they're using that still, which is great for us because they get the boost of being associated with a network. We get the boost of not having to put more man hours into putting their shows out. Which is great. Anyway. Uh, I don't know... I'm Okay, I know I need to stop being hard on myself. Uh, okay, I was just out of red light. I know that the people listening like this. So, that's good. Because I was about to say, I don't know if you're interested in the semantics of podcasting, but people are. People, especially people around here, uh, are being Central Pennsylvania, and people who just want to start a podcast, because... It's, I wouldn't call it easy, but it isn't as difficult as you think it is. Uh, do a little bit of research. Uh, when people ask us how to start a podcast, it's, you'll, you Google it. That's how we did it. And it's all there. It's all out there. Apple lays it out pretty clearly. Uh, if you want to be put on, if you want in iTunes, which honestly, we're going to, let's just put it out there. You want on iTunes. They are the the emperors of podcasting right now. Uh, the best... They are the, They have the best distribution system that gets to the widest variety of po- potential listeners. And really, you just do it. And then you stay consistent because you want to be habit-forming. Uh, if you get people to listen, to, I believe... You have to do something for like 21 days in a row to form a habit. Or we'll say 21 times in a row. You get someone to listen to your podcast 20-some times in a row. 20-some weeks in a row. They're good. They're hooked. They're going to continue to listen. And then if you all of a sudden drop out for a month, they're going to be like, what the heck? This thing that my habit, this thing I do every... Tuesday, every Tuesday at this time is now not here, they may not come back when you get back on your feet. So do all you can to prevent outages. That being said, with the looseness of this podcast, uh, it could easily drop off the planet for a week or two if I have a vacation or something. Um, now, granted, I've considered uh, doing this with a quote-unquote guest, being my wife in the car as we drive somewhere, but I do not know how well the iPhone microphone will pick up someone else. So that's an experiment we can do, uh, which may involve in a lot of shouting to make sure that the microphone picks us both up, but we'll see, we'll see. Um, also, I have not talked to her about this, so I don't know if that will work at all. But, anyway. Let's see. Uh, oh, I, this all started because Vic Caswell messaged me. She was flattering me, and I appreciate it. Uh, I don't take flattery well, but I'm working on that. And she said that she liked the... When I talked about deeper things. So, I tend to... I love to talk about stuff you're not supposed to talk about. Politics, religion. Uh, granted, I don't claim to be a scholar on either topic... So, if someone's like, do you have facts to back that up? No, I do not, generally. These are just straight from the cuff how I feel about things. And something I've been trying to work into the Popular Outcast podcast for a long time and not managing was Constitution 2.0. And this is just a concept I had that I know is absolutely politically not going to happen or even feasible to mention, but... The U.S. Constitution, it's a great thing. We can all pretty much agree on that because we were all told that growing up. But we had our bicentennial how long ago? Uh, This, let's call it a manual. Let's call the United States a, uh, a machine that has a lot of different systems that you have to keep track of. And it's got one manual, which is the Constitution. And it is the same manual that was written over 200 years ago. Granted, they've made footnotes, the Bill of Rights, which is, granted, I couldn't tell you how many uh, amendments are in the Bill of Rights, or I think maybe that lists to specific amendments. They told us at one point, I don't know. But I I don't know how many times the Constitution's been edited. I know it's more than those uh, 18 or so that were in the Bill of Rights, which... When you think about like free speech and right to bear arms and other ones that aren't hot button issues, so I don't remember their numbers, um, those weren't in the original Constitution. Free speech was not in there. Think about that. This, it's like our Constitution doesn't have free speech in it. That's a footnote they put on later. So, my idea for Constitution 2.0 is to basically rewrite it. Like, okay, alright, there are parts in here that just don't make sense anymore. Let's just, we can edit them out or modernize them. And just, you know, start from scratch. Incorporate all the good bills from the uh, amendments. Like, so they're not just footnotes later. Uh, Clean it up a little. Do some editing. And, granted, I'm aware that we can't agree on anything, apparently, in this country. Uh, in its, Congress was always portrayed as a circus, quote-unquote, by my parents to me. And that seems more true than it ever was nowadays. Uh, that they just can't seem... They just seem incompetent. Uh, I don't care who whose side you're on, it does not seem like things are getting done up there. You can completely disagree with the things that I want Congress to do, but neither of us are getting anything useful done. It's all just people arguing and putting things off. And I don't have an answer for that either. That's just my observation. But Constitution 2.0, I don't know if you put a committee together, because also... The amount of arguing as to what would be left in and what would be left out would it would just shut everything down forever. It is not something that can be done with the current state of the government. That's why I guess people have revolutions to get constitutions put in. Uh, not that I am calling for a second American revolution or civil war or I would it be it would be revolution, but we would be. Revolting against the current government, uh, voting no confidence a la Star Wars. Um, anyway, 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 I'm not calling for a revolution. I just, I wish that people could cooperate for the greater good of everyone. And that, you know, it's because a democracy, democracy is supposed to be power of the people, but I feel, I frankly, as a voting adult, feel quite powerless. So, I still vote uh, because, I mean, come on. I don't have the right to bitch if I'm not going to vote. At least my voice was heard. Whether my voice mattered, I don't know, but they heard it. Damn it. They heard it. Um, I can't guarantee that did anything, but it was heard and counted and put in a box. i tell you what. And I don't like... I love discussing uh, politics. I don't like arguing politics because someone usually ends up yelling. And I don't enjoy when people yell. I don't like confrontation. I like discussion, which is two totally different things. Uh, Like, I had a carpool buddy that eventually quit where I worked and went somewhere else. But she was a conservative conservative Christian, and I am a bleeding-heart liberal atheist and we would discuss our views on different topics to no end, but we would, you know, we'd get to work, I'd turn off the key, we'd still like each other, I still consider her a very good friend. So, I like that. I like when I can talk with someone that I disagree with, they can still be disagreeing with me at the end of the conversation, and neither of us hate each other. And that's often because... They're open to other people's opinions, and don't shout. Um, so, there, I'm... When when I say I'm a liberal atheist, I sound like I'm a super chore to talk to, but I try really, really hard not to be someone who's, uh, condescends to people, and I don't want to be a dickweed, basically. So I try really hard not to be. Um... And I know that my opinions are based a lot on just gut feelings and not data. And what was it? Uh, I wish I could remember who this who said this, so I could attribute the quote correctly. But another part of Jeff in Motion is I don't look shit up. So here's this quote anonymously, even though it was a prominent person. They uh, and the quote is is thus. An intellectual is someone whose opinion can be changed with information. I'll let you sit on that for a sec. If I if someone gives me information that points out black and white that I am wrong, I'm going to I'm going to my opinion will change. I don't know if I'm going to pull a 180. But I'm definitely going to not be as convicted or convinced, they might both work, convinced that that I'm right. I might actually go look, do some research on my own. So there you have it. Research. Oh, there's something else on my list that involves research and science. Oh! Oh! Okay, this is something that's a pet peeve of mine. Um, I've been a science nerd since I was little. I've kind of fallen behind on a lot of the, like, classification of insects and cellular biology, which I know I've talked about before. But it never fails when an article comes out that, say, they made blue potatoes or kittens that glow in the dark or there was a study on the sexuality of... Uh, bonobos or something Just just really anything That is kind of amusing Never fails Somebody Says this uh, Crap and I close my screen Somebody says Oh they found this And we still have cancer Okay Guys, ladies People who say and we still have cancer. Not all of science works on the same thing at the same time. Christ! There are people whose job it is to research cancer and they're still doing it despite the fact that someone grew an ear on a rat, okay? The fact that someone is studying something that isn't cancer does not then mean that that person stopped studying cancer to study it! Seriously! Science doesn't... Not 100% of science is working on cancer! Deal with that! Some people are doing fun things. A lot of these studies that you see, like someone share on Facebook, that are less like, oh, weird, are done by college students. That they're like, we don't trust them to study cancer. We'll have them look at monkey balls for a year. Or something like that. Or... Just... That is one of my biggest pet peeves. That is really just a little thing. The, and we still have cancer, comment. Yes. Yes, we still have cancer. But no... The guys who made potato chips blue weren't working on it. And they did not stop their busy lives of researching how to cure cancer to make potato chips blue. Okay. Oh, I got more heated about that than Constitution 2.0. For shit's sake. Ooh. Gotta breathe. Gotta breathe. <clears throat> Anyway, let's see, where do I want to go from here? I'll stay on science. I'll stay on science. I, Like I said, I've always been a science nerd, and my parents, especially my father, has always pushed logic, think, question, th- does this make sense? Which, unfortunately for them, pushed me away from religion because they did not tell me to... Uh, think and question everything except for religion which they should have added as a footnote because when I began to think and question that, uh, a lot of a lot of things came up as not quite making sense and I, I will talk about my fall from religion some other time because that's a very interesting story that I like to tell that's not the point that i'm going for right now so my my old moral dilemma was science versus religion oh i believe in science science is a good thing but it's not adding up with religion it just isn't so what something has got to give here for to get rid of the cognitive dissonance they just my brain it says two things are facts, but it also knows that those two things can't both be facts. So there's just this kind of, this, like, grinding feeling in the back of your head, like, what? That's not... What? And as I as I slowly, yet sure, assuredly, fell out of religion, I kind of went away, and I became... Well, like, all right, okay, cool, cool. And I don't know if it's just part of human nature to always have a little bit of cognitive dissonance, but now I find myself, I don't have science versus religion in my head anymore. I have science versus my new hippy-dippy liberal feelings, which are, um, over the period, like, it is every football coach dad's nightmare. I... You know, I fell out of the church I got piercings and tattoos I became a vegetarian Bisexual, liberal, atheist Like The fact that my dad still speaks to me Really speaks to his character Because I went from Goody Two Shoes Church Choir Assisting Minister Conservative Christian To, in a period of like Six to eight years, not a long time in the grand scheme of things, a (laughs) liberal, atheist, vegetarian, bisexual with piercings and tattoos and is very vocal about his opinions. The fact that my parents speak to me at all really speaks to their character and I love them very much, despite on how much we disagree on things, which is also part of the I I love discussion, but I don't like, like screaming, arguing. I, I don't do that. And that also came from my parents, which is the reason I still speak with them, which is great. Absolutely great. But as I just full-on plunge into this polar opposite of what I used to be, um, I find myself questioning things that I didn't even kind of question when religion and science were battling... Like, animal testing. I, deep down, know in my heart that I don't like animals being hurt. Um, I don't like it. That's why I don't eat them. I also am not going to be that guy. One of my principles of life is don't be that guy. I'm not going to be the guy who berates their friends for having a hamburger. What the fuck ever, it's your life, you can do it. But there's this the testing on animals that I don't directly affect that, but I use products that are affected by that. And it's kind of like I want science to progress. So I basically this is the compromise I've come to with myself because I know that testing is a crucial part of the scientific process so if I want medicine and science in general to progress animal testing has got to remain a thing now I don't know if I need makeup sprayed in rabbits eyes to see if it hurts them that I don't that I think we could cut back on that I think but like then I don't have the answer to where you draw the line. Um, you know, I know you need to give rats cancer to see if you can cure it. That I understand. I don't think you need to spray drain cleaner on an animal to see what happens. You know, I think we've got that. We've figured it out. That we that we could maybe spray it on a uh, a flesh analog or something. We don't need to be so here that's that's where I'm at I don't know where the there's a lot of there's a gigantic area of shades of gray there I don't have an answer but that is my current kind of cognitive dissonance of oh man like I'm big like science is a great thing I that is not a question but not some some things are a little too much and i don't i don't know and that is yeah and i've run myself into a topic that i don't have a conclusion for because i don't know and uh i've spoke i've sp- and uh, we'll just move on to another topic that i have spoken for not only on this podcast before but on the popular outcast podcast uh words i love words i love puns i love jokes, I like the overanalyzation of words I love it but that my I, my current cognitive dissonance is words don't have power and words do have power I believe very firmly that no word has power, we aren't fucking wizards saying certain words shouldn't affect people more than others but i know that they do and but here's the thing words also have all the power in the world someone who carefully crafts a speech can move a nation that is more powerful than anything that's more powerful than a lot than most weapons there are very few things that you can use to move that many people. Words is one of them. But that's, I think, like dialogue and discussion have power, but particular words shouldn't. But also, I know that words hurt, and I don't like to hurt people. So I'm constantly... I'm very much... Wow, it's hot in here. Pardon me, guys. I'm dying. I'm leaning towards the point where I avoid words because I don't want to hurt people, and I'm starting to cringe when I see words. Oh, man, my arch nemesis, the sheriff, is back. Holy crap. All right. Okay. They're not going the same direction I am, though. So let's see if they don't pull a Yui. Okay, they're still at a red light. Oof. The sheriff. Jeff in Motion's podcast nemesis. Hopefully we never meet him in person. Ah, whew. Now this isn't the car. The sheriff is out in his sheriff... Uh, what is it? It's a Ford excursion? It's one of those big SUV type things. Alright, sorry, where was I? The power of words. I strictly believe that... Like, and I don't want to end up talking about the power of words once a week, but it's something that's on my mind a lot. Like, when someone uses the word faggot in a joke on Twitter, it just, it it gives me a, a bad feeling. It makes me feel bad. And I know, I know that, that this particular person wasn't even talking about gay people, and they're along the lines of, Fag doesn't mean gay, it means like a wimpy person, which, come on guys, you know that that is a stereotype for gay, which is still negative, what the fuck are you doing, you're just making excuses so you can not stop using a word. But I also agree with them a little, that it's just a word, people shouldn't be offended, but I'm not worried about offending people, I'm worried about hurting people, making people feel bad. Not this weird new emotion that is offended. Because, yeah, who cares if you're offended? There's no law against offending people. Whatever. Um, Offending people can actually be pretty fun if they're jerks. Especially, like, when I'm talking with my wife about how we're going to teach my daughter that there is a Santa but isn't a Jesus. And the old people start scoffing across the aisle at Denny's. That's hilarious to me, and I don't care. But if I am sitting in Denny's and say the word faggot and someone cries because that was the last thing their brother heard before a bunch of hicks drugged them behind their car until they died, you know, like, these, ugh. Glad I'm going to be able to end your guys' this Friday with this uplifting talk. I just, again, that's another topic I don't have an answer for, uh, and I also don't want to be someone who says what can and can't be funny, you know, I guess if you use the word faggot in an eloquent joke that's really smart and really poking, like really tearing apart what it means to say the word faggot, I could laugh and really be behind it, but if you're just using it as an analog for French people, maybe that's a bit lazy, uh, Now I'm actually personally calling someone out, and I didn't mean to do that, but I don't edit this. So, well, they know my opinion, and I still like them as a person, so there we go. Uh, Even, yeah, and I would still have a beer and a cigar with that person. So there, they'll leave it at that, and I'm going to backpedal the hell out of there before I get myself in any more trouble, potentially ay Yay! Oh God! Uh, <laughs> well, there you go, Vic. I talked about some deep things. Shit! Uh, <laughs> uh, it's not often that I'm a, I'm able to make myself uncomfortable. Uh, God, let's look at my list of only of th- uh, things. Okay, here's something. Let's just go with two things. Non-sequitur, completely unrelated. Kind of cleanse our palates of that. Um, Sometimes when you eat chili, your farts smell just like the chili you ate. Which is really confusing. When you're like, oh, I smell chili. Oh, that's because I just farted. Again, the people who found this on Kids and Family... Really had no idea what they were getting into, did they, folks? Um, well, I hope uh, I may not have helped you with your child care issue, but hopefully you like this. And if you do, tell your friends and write a review on iTunes. <laughs> oh man, man. Um, when I finished school, when I started school for graphic design. Okay, alright, real quick history of Jeff and college Liked science a lot Was determined that I was going to be a veterinarian In high school um, I got to the point where I'm, You know, I'm like, okay To become a veterinarian There aren't a lot of schools around here With pre-veterinary um, So I'll just start with biology That, you know, biology, boom That can go into a veterinary school Awesome uh, And then I've established that Oh, it turns out that this is a lot harder than I thought it was. I just had really great teachers that made it interesting in high school. So, in under a semester, I dropped out from Susquehanna University in the biology program, and then I bummed around for a year, met the woman that would be my wife, had a full-time job at Dunkin' Donuts, which I still don't pull in the same amount in paychecks that I did working 40 hours a week at Dunkin' Donuts. Still, And that was That was Six or seven years ago So think about that Granted that was before the fall and decline of the economy So Yeah My job that I've been at for two years And have a salary Paycheck to paycheck I still am making less than I did at Dunkin Donuts there's this little slice of life for you. Um, but, so, I'm, you know, I'm kind of bumming around. Uh, if there's anything that motivates you to go to college m- more, it's working full-time fast food. Holy shit. There's nothing that will, mo- that will put the thought into your head, oh, God, I need to not do this, than that. So, I'm looking around, I'm like, what do I love to do? What do I do when I am bored? When I... And it was photography. I, I love that. So I'm looking around, and I, I know I've heard that Pentech has a surprisingly good art program for a technical school. Um, so I look into it, and I'm like, oh, they don't have a photography major. Well, graphic design. That can't be that different, right? How wrong could I have been? People who are graphic designers know. uh, Completely different things. Yet, photography can be very important to a graphic designer. So, it only helped. My passion for photography only helped, but it was not anything like what I ended up doing. And I survived. I got through that first year, which is designed to weed out people exactly like me people who were like, oh, this is a thing I'm going to give a shot. Um, I got through it, because they are incredibly harsh on you that first year, and it's dis- because Pentec, at the time I signed up, had an open enrollment program. You paid $100, you could get enrolled in whatever degree you wanted. So, it is pretty common for first years of a lot of, the, a lot of majors to be very, very difficult to weed out people That aren't going to pass in the long run But Coincidentally And call it fate, call it whatever I turned out to be decent at it I mean, granted There were a lot of low, C, low B's, high C's In the beginning But towards the end I ended up high C's, middle B's Sometimes A's And I passed. I got through, and that's that's a major that you can't. If you get a D in a class, it's an F. So, I was average or better. I think my graduating uh, GPA was like three point one five or something like that. Uh, a solid, pretty good. A solid, pretty good from Pentec, which is is a very reputable school. And as I find out as I go through life. There are some people who are higher up than me into graphic design that, I got, that have a lesser knowledge by the standards my professors ingrained in me. So, boom, I get my degree. Bada-boom. Awesome. I get out into the world. Oh, shit, they didn't tell us anything about the web. And that is where everything is going. Fuck me. What the hell? So I find out that I can take two more years of school and get a second bachelor's in web design and I'm like, "Well, shit. Yes. I'm going to do this." Again, this was all uh, this was more out of necessity than a whim. It's like if I want to make enough money to feed my family and, you know, and be comfortable, web is where I have to go. That is my my path to Comfortable web, so I, I get in the web and I, I and we t- we t- we covered some of it in graphic design, and so it wasn't like I was I was more prepared than I thought I would be because here I was going back and taking fr- freshman courses again because I have to take courses all across the spectrum, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, to qualify for this other bachelor. So these freshman classes. I was getting 100% in the classes without trying at all. So that's a great feeling. That's just a, a great feeling to EZA through classes that people are failing. That's a that's, that's awesome. Um, but I found as I get into the more in-depth code that, wait a minute, I'm really enjoying this. Like, every every job is kind of a... Uh, a puzzle it's a it's a game you know like oh why isn't this working i've got to you know use my critical thinking and logic to figure this out this is great and then the feeling when you you hit that save and you refresh and fuck yeah it's doing what i wanted it to do awesome that's a great feeling so through this weird path i've stumbled into a a degree and a job that i really enjoy And if I can find a company that's gonna treat me right, I can easily do this forever for the rest of my life. Now I still love the graphic design training I have, and I will and that's the thing, graphic designer and web designer becoming the same thing. Traditionally they were two completely different jobs, and me getting a leg up on that is actually gonna be really help me out. But as I'm starting to see my house, I gotta wrap the story up. The point of this story was I have found myself thinking about homework in the shower, which isn't too odd but I will I have, a, I have a visual memory I've heard that some people can't like see things in their memory I can so I am literally running through code in my head to the point where I've almost been late to work because I didn't start using soap for like a half an hour because I was coding in my head, that—that that means something. So, yeah. And as I pull into my house, I'll leave you with that. I sometimes am almost late to work because I code web pages in my head. All right. Now it is time for me to take my picture. Facebook, don't open up. Picture, 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 picture. Thank you very much for listening to Jeff in Motion. I appreciate you all. Take off my sunglasses. Fix my hair a little bit. All right. Ooh. Ugh. God. Ignore the giant pimple. All right. Tell me what you thought about this theme that I definitely practiced on the way to work today. Uh. All right. Now I'm going to get into the voice app so I can turn off. this when I sign off. Thank you for listening to Jeff in Motion. I'll see you Monday.